0: Welcome to the Luke Messias Show. A fight broke out on the Texas House floor. The House is holding up election integrity legislation. The Senate decided to ban Chinese nationals from purchasing our farmland. Oil and gas minerals, water, took great action. The Speaker of the House took his shirt off. We'll talk about that a little bit. And we have a great investigative report from Texas Scorecard on how leftists are using their private money to buy off education systems and make them go further left in Texas. Let's get to it. House Bill 2071. If you go to capital.texas.gov and search HB 2071, up will pop this bill by JC Jatan that was debated on the Texas House floor yesterday. I'm gonna give you a little bit of backstory because this is actually a pretty important issue. These PFCs have been popping up all over Texas over the last several years. And this is a tool that has been discovered and then massively abused by apartment developers who are developing both new apartments and maybe buying a current apartment. And they can go to some rinky-dink housing authority or municipal district, like a mud district of just a handful of people that are appointed by it. And they can say, hey, I want you to exempt my apartment for 99 years of property taxes. I am not going to pay property taxes for 99 years. And normally if I was paying property tax, this little housing authority or mud district, you would collect $1,000 of my property tax bill would come to your district. But if you exempt my whole property tax bill for 99 years, I will pay you $5,000, $10,000, a payment in lieu of the tax, I will then not pay property taxes until my grandkids are senior citizens collecting social security checks. And there's nothing taxpayers can do about it. The contract is set. So this has been used to take $10 billion of property off of the tax rolls in Texas. They don't pay property taxes and you get to make up that difference. The city, the school board, the county. First of all, they don't even have to approve it and then they have less revenue and you know what they make that up with? All of our money. So Paul Betancourt and Gary Gates, a representative and a state senator, decided to take this issue to task and actually deal with it this session. And they both set out to reform this broken system and try to tie the hands of this tool being used and abused. Now, I'm not even sure I want this to exist, period. But I don't think that's gonna happen. It's gonna still be around. And the status quo is massively problematic. So as these legislators set out to effect this issue, Representative J.C. Jatan filed HB 2071, nearly identical to Gary Gates' bill. And then former Speaker Dennis Bonin, Dennis Bonin is the Speaker of the Texas House who had to leave in disgrace. He had to, He was caught up in a scandal, he lied, and then he decided to lie upon his lie upon his lie. Most of the Texas house of representatives kind of protected him, but several courageous people stood up and said, no. And ultimately he had to step down. Everyone thought it was going to maybe cost like his lieutenants who all kind of played into the lie. Um, and it didn't cost them. They maintained their power. In fact, a lot of them got further power and, and even like, I guess you could call them promotions. Dustin Burrows went from ways and means chairman to calendars chairman as a result of lying and then lying about his lies. But that's kind of the Texas House of Representatives. I mean, they reward bad behavior. So JC Jaton files this bill and Dennis Bonnen, the former disgraced speaker, is hired by these developers to come on in and protect everyone in the process. See, these developers have a ton of money and they don't want to lose it. So they're trying to keep this deal going, keep the money train flowing. JC Jaton's bill comes to the floor kind of reforming it while also making sure that everybody's gonna keep getting what they're getting. And Gary Gates got up and actually said, absolutely not. He argued against Representative Jatan's bill. He actually hijacked the bill, added five amendments to the bill, which basically rewrote the entire piece of legislation. And what would effectively be called a legislative fight took place. This was probably the most tense fight that started and you didn't know how it was going to end. That's kind of what makes these things more entertaining. So when bills come up that are a pro-life bill or an immigration bill, by the time they get to the floor, every Republican who's been fighting for the most part behind the scenes is going to vote for this bill. So they are long drawn out fights for 10 or 14 hours. Tom Oliverson talked about that, right? He'd bring some defund the police bill and they'd have to do all these amendments and it takes all this time, but everyone knows. What's gonna happen? Very rarely does a big bill like that get rewritten. And when it does, it's a remarkable thing. Fights like what happened yesterday between Representative Jejehan and Representative Gates are ones that start and no one knows where they're gonna go. You had a lot of Democrats who realized very quickly that this was a complete crony capitalist scheme that was being used, and then the money that was being saved wasn't actually getting used to reduce the rent of lower income people. A Democrat's personal philosophy of governance is such that they generally don't like that. And then most conservative lawmakers, I would say all the conservative lawmakers on the floor, said, this is a complete crony giveaway that is hurting our property taxpayers. We oppose it. And the only people left to support Representative Duton and former Speaker Dennis Bonin were basically those most loyal to the system. And so it was actually really encouraging to watch Representative Gates get up and just amendment by amendment put good policy into the bill, and now send it over to the Senate. Big victory for conservatives, and also one of those times where, let's just say the right policy wins the day, which is always an encouraging thing to see happen. While that debate was happening, on the Senate side, they were debating Senate Bill 147 by Lois Kolkhorst. Senator Kolkhorst is very committed to trying to stop Chinese nationals. Now her bill also applies to Russian citizens, North Korean citizens, Iranian citizens, but the focus is Chinese nationals, I believe, from the policy that's happening kind of across the country. She expanded it beyond that. There are other states that have just done uh, citizen from China because they have been going around and buying up more and more property and land. Senator Colcorson in the original bill she filed literally said, if you're a citizen or a company from one of these countries, you can't buy Texas land. It's very kind of simple. It's like, don't buy it. Don't buy the house next to me. Don't buy the apartment complex. Don't buy the office building. Don't buy the old folks home, don't buy the hospital, don't buy any buildings, period. Don't buy any land, don't buy an acre, don't buy a thousand acres. And this is a great bill. Now what passed the Senate yesterday is still a very good and strong bill, but it has been significantly watered down or weakened. And and I believe that ultimately, Senator Colcourse just couldn't get The vote she needed, if if everyone in the Senate had supported her bill, it would have come up. What often happens in the Senate, it's a lot easier to count the votes in that chamber. So ultimately, in order to get to 18 votes, you need to work with each and every senator who has problems with your bill. And clearly, there were enough Republicans who basically held out and said, nope, I want Chinese nationals to be able to buy homes. I want them to be able to buy business buildings. I want them to be able to buy, you know, plots of land. Just not agriculture land, but then it's, it's beyond that. So the Texas house version says just basically farmland. Okay. And hers now applies to oil and gas minerals, water. I mean, can you imagine a Chinese national coming to Texas and saying, I'm going to buy the mineral rights in the Permian basin. We talk about having energy independence and somebody from Iran can come buy our water, our minerals. It's insane. That is currently legal. So Senator Kolkhorst has a bill that is passed and now says farmland, minerals, water, anything that's mined, timber, all of this stuff cannot be purchased, pure and simple. So it's a good bill. And it's now going over to the House. It's still stronger than what the House is considering and had a hearing for in state affairs, which is Cody Harris's bill. So we're gonna have to see what happens on this issue, but this is one of the last remaining really conservative policies that the Senate hadn't acted on, and now it has. That is a win for us, and we will keep you abreast of where that bill is going. In the Texas House, they are holding up election integrity legislation, and the Republican Party of Texas actually put out a report that talked about how they were actually holding all this policy up. Some of the bills they highlighted were Senate Bill 2, which is basically just saying it's now, we're gonna put it back to being a felony to illegally vote. HB 1243 is the House version of that bill. Senate Bill 921, which means ranked choice voting. Um, Senate Bill 1070, which is an interstate cross-check that removes Texas from the ERIC program, which is something that a lot of conservative activists have supported. And uh, this is also legislation that has already been enacted in a couple other red states. Other Secretary of States have decided to disenroll their states from the ERIC program. And HB 5231, which eliminates countywide voting and returns voting back to precinct-based voting. Now, some of these bills got voted out like last night which also shows the power of the Texas GOP. The Texas GOP stepped up and said, this stuff is getting held up and one or two of them got booted out. That's a good sign, but they are definitely holding up quite a few bills. And there are dozens of election integrity pieces of legislation that have passed the Texas Senate that we don't know where they're gonna stand. So Reggie Smith, was put there as a chair over Briscoe Kane, who was the chair last time. That seems to clearly have been a move by the Speaker to try to reduce the amount of election integrity legislation that was going to come out of that committee. And it seems to be playing out that way. So that was something people suspected was going to happen, but it does seem to be playing out that way. We are going to have a conversation with uh, Robert Montoya, who's got some great investigative reporting that he has done, and we're going to talk about some of the pieces that he is in the process of publishing. Uh, We will be back in a moment. Cartels have operational control of our border. They make a lot of profit off of the mass misery of humans all over the border, north and south. That includes migrants, that includes American citizens. They profit off of illicit fentanyl. They profit off of the human smuggling trade. They profit off of sex trafficking. We have the ability to stop them. We just need leadership that is courageous enough to do that. My name is Wade Miller. This is season five of Exposed, Border Invasion. I have asked our top investigative reporter at Texas Scorecard, to join me today to talk about a series, uh, some of which is already published and some of which will continue to be published this week. This is a series Robert Montoya has worked on at Texas Scorecard that really reveals for us the fact that the left is using its private money. Wealthy leftists are coming into Texas and actually trying to impose some of their agenda on our red state. Governments. This is something the left has done in other ways, and Robert Montoya has the details for us today. So, Robert, thank you for coming on and talking about your report. Here's my question. Can you just kind of outline the series that you've been working on and bringing to light, and what are some of the top takeaways that people are going to have as they go read what you've brought to light?
1: Uh, sure, Luke. So, basically, what's going on is this. Chris Kristen you and I have worked on this four-article series that lays out, basically, how public servants in education have allowed radical nonprofits, we're focusing on the Bill and and Melinda Gates Foundation and the Dell Foundation's work in education and their radical ideologies. This takes place over four articles, the last one will come out April 28th.
0: So Bill and Melinda Gates, very wealthy people, everyone knows, is a dedicated leftist, these are leftist individuals, and they come in and basically give grants what are some of the different governments that they are engaging with to try to pull them in a the left way?
1: Well, in the research we've conducted, we found that they have actually given roughly about $12 million to the Texas Education Agency. They've given um, more than $100 million to Texas higher education colleges and universities. And a number of those were for teacher preparation programs. And in uh, Texas, when it comes to Texas Education Agency, it was a program involved with reforming our public education.
0: So what are some of the things that are examples of things that they might push as part of the money that they're offering?
1: Well, the radical ideologies of Gates and Dell are very concerning. One is both have connections to the Chinese Communist Party. Another is both are very committed to the diversity, inclusion, equity cult, which, as we know, has caused massive division throughout our society and pushes leftist dogma and statism.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm kind of thinking this is a lot like what happened with Mark Zuckerberg during our elections, right? You have these leftist billionaires who come in and say, hey, I will give all of these counties my money as long as they do certain things. And he basically was using it to try to help elections favor results for Democrats. You have the same thing here. The Texas Education Agency is a red state agency. We are a red state. We have Republican leadership. The leadership of the TEA is appointed by a Republican governor. But these leftist billionaires can come in and say, from what you've said is, you know, you're talking about like, hey, we'll give you a bunch of money to help with your teacher further education program. And then that gives them the ability to make sure that those type of programs are ones that have leftist dogma in them. Is that correct?
1: Yes, in fact, um, one thing that's very interesting, it does also give these radical organizations access to our students and teachers. Let's look at the Dell Foundation's uh, grant in, I believe it was about 2020, to the University of Texas Austin. After they gave $100 million to UT Austin, UT Austin's president said that they were just going to start integrating Dell Foundation staff with university staff to help serve the students there. And as we've discussed with the radical ideologies these foundations have, What exactly will they be further indoctrinating our students with? This is a concerning question.
0: Well, I'm really grateful for the investigations y'all have done bringing this to light. It'll be interesting to see what Austin's reaction to it, different lawmakers, the governor, people who are seeing, okay, now that we know this is happening and exposed it, what do red state lawmakers actually do? So Robert, thank you for the investigation that you've been doing. If people want to read how much of the investigation report has been published and how much will be published? When does it finish?
1: So two have been published as of Wednesday. Two more will be published uh, on Thursday and Friday. So the series will be completed after noon on Friday. People can go to TexasScorecard.com, click read, then investigations. It'll all be there for you as well as all of our other investigative series.
0: Thank you, Robert, for coming on today. Thank you, Luke. In closing, the Speaker of the Texas House, some people call him California Dade, decided to delight the state of Texas with a very interesting and remarkable tweet, a picture, actually several pictures. We're going to break these down. So the speaker, uh, who, by the way, is like sitting on some election integrity legislation, not moving a DEI ban in higher education. We don't know where he stands on the drag show ban, which is also not really seemed to be taking super seriously in the House. There's all sorts of stuff that, needs to move his leadership has worked against property tax relief that was championed by representative tinderholt all of these things are going on but the speakers seemed to be really concerned with making sure that every texan knew that he clearly exercises very regularly so let's go to this tweet and break it down for you so speaker feeling tweeted out stoked for some tasty waves in the Texas, on the Texas coast this summer, after Texledge hits its gnarly, signy die. Now, you can see these two photos. Let's kind of break them down one by one. So first, we've got this. Now, I'm just gonna say something. If this doesn't impress the average Texan, I don't know what would. This guy clearly exercises on a very regular basis. Now, some of you are Listening. In fact, most of you listen to this show. So I need to break down what I'm talking about. Okay. You have the Speaker of the Texas House who tweeted out a picture of himself next to these two very tall surfboards. Okay. And he's got a very clear six flirting with a seven pack, I guess, you know, because like that, it's not always easy to get to eight. So he's got six to seven. Pat going on, uh, you know, showing a little bit of his chest hair. He's got relatively, you know, he's got some good shoulders and he's got some veins popping. So he clearly wanted to make sure people, I don't know if he wanted to or he just did it accidentally. Okay. But like this seems to be an intentional attempt to impress the state of Texas. Okay. With the fact that he clearly has dedicated a significant portion of time to his physical physique. And you know what? Good on him. We often criticize the speaker here on this show, and I think it's at least worth showing that while he seems to not always understand how to maybe keep drag queens from dancing in front of children, he has realized the importance of personal health and fitness. Now, the next picture is actually more disturbing in my opinion. So again, if you're listening, he and and just go to Twitter and go to Dade Phelan, if you're listening to this, and you'll see the two pictures I'm talking about. Okay. The other picture is him like in a suit, but he kind of does that thing that I did when I was like in my young 20s, and I would like kind of pull the tie 10% down. And he's laughing with this like cool suit thing and he's holding a surfboard with waves behind him. And I'm gonna be honest, no speaker of the Texas house should ever have a photo of them taken like this in my opinion. Like I would really appreciate it if future speakers avoid such photo shoots. If they do participate in photo shoots of this type of nature, I would hope that they would keep those photos like on their personal wall, out of public. It's just not what projects Texas independence, okay? Now, I will say that the other political message that Dade is sending, is I am done working. He is literally the equivalent of the employee who's sitting in his desk on Friday at 2 p.m. and is like, I just can't wait to get out of here, okay? And this is the speaker of the Texas House, who literally, it's like, uh, what do you need to work on from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. on Friday? I don't know, stopping drag shows from being done in front of kids protecting our elections, actually making sure people's property taxes go down. And this guy's like, I am looking for the door, guys. Now, his message is the antithesis of Dan Patrick's message, which is actually, I'm ready to stay here all summer. I hope y'all aren't making travel plans because we've got work to do for the people of Texas. We've got work to do for the Republicans that elected us. But Dade Feeling is like, guys, I am ready to get out of here. So Dan Patrick responded. And let's break down what he said. So Dan Patrick sends a tweet out and says this. Glad to see California Dade, which I have to admit, Dade seems to be kind of really leaning into the California Dade thing, okay? Like early on, I was hearing that Dade was really offended. And now I'm not convinced. I mean... If you're offended at being called California Dade, but you're posting these metrosexual pictures on the beach of like half-tied down holding, it's just weird, okay? It's not a cool thing. But he seems to be kind of leaning into California Dade right now. So Dan Patrick says, glad to see, quote-unquote, California Dade has a sense of humor. Got to admit, he's in better shape than me. Well, than most of us. But home-owning surfer dudes, especially those over 65, and their surfer buddies under 65 all know the Senate's homestead exemptions are the better wave to ride. And then he posted this like emoji of a surfer dude and this like other, I mean, it's like, it's impressive. And then the Lieutenant Governor Photoshopped a picture of his face on top of a surfer dude. It's pretty hilarious, okay? So that is what the Lieutenant Governor's response was. And honestly, Again, I want to point out that it kind of shows the juxtaposition of these two chambers' leadership. Not every member in both chambers, but the leadership of the chambers. Dan Patrick is like, I want to get stuff done. Dade Phelan is like, I want to go to the beach. And you should know that it is coming down to the final push. And Dan Patrick seems to be focused on trying to accomplish as much as humanly possible and then being willing to come back and do even more work for the people of Texas. And Dade Phelan seems to be looking for the exit. He's the employee on Friday afternoon that is literally twiddling his thumbs. The guy's playing solitaire, okay? Metaphorically speaking, he's the solitaire playing receptionist at 2 p.m. on Friday in the dentist office. The sad thing is... He runs the dentist office, okay? That's what the speaker of the house does. So it's a real problem that you're coming in and you're like, we got a lot going on. And they're like, man, I can't wait till this thing is over. Not good. Anyways, very interesting, but you know what? Here's the cool thing. The house can still accomplish a ton of stuff. Even if Dade Phelan is posting pictures of himself without shirts on. It doesn't actually change uh, the pace that we could Effect. And that's why every conservative needs to be engaged in the legislative process in this final push. Every single one of y'all, look for all these HBs and SB numbers I'm throwing out. I give you the numbers specifically so that if you care about something, you can take action on it. I'm telling you. I'm getting feedback from people on a regular basis who are emailing their legislators saying, I just listened to this show and we talked about SB 921, why has that bill not come out of committee? And their legislators are emailing them back, different explanations. And then often those things get forwarded to me. And these discussions are taking place. We're seeing actual communication as a result of the information education that we try to provide. That's why we do it. I appreciate the fact that y'all are engaging on a weekly basis twice a week and the fact that you're taking action. The people that are listening to this show, the people that are engaged in this show are trying to take action and make Texas a better place. And that makes me so encouraged, so happy. I'm blessed to come to you on a regular basis. May God bless you and may God bless the great state of Texas. No ads, no paywalls, no government grants and no corporate masters. Just real news for real Texans. This is Texas Scorecard.